Hello and welcome to Earth Calling. We're your hosts, Ed and Laszlo. Every week, we take you on a journey through the wonderful world of online content, sorting through the tweets, the memes, the Insta queens, the grams, the snaps, and the fake news traps. This is our record of humanity in the 21st century, our digital legacy left behind for future spacefaring civilizations. So sit back, relax, and buckle in. This is Earth Calling. This week we turn to Reddit, the so-called front page of the internet. Read all about it! (laughs) Ed, uh, for our listeners who might not have discovered it yet, what is Reddit? Well, if you've been living under a proverbial rock for the past... Or a literal rock. Or actually a rock, Uh, yeah. Yeah, If you are a centipede, caterpillar, any type of grub... Woodlouse. I would go for woodlouse. Woodlouse is a good option. If you've been living like a woodlouse under a rock and don't know what Reddit is... Um, Reddit is a collection of threads on the internet. Um, I was not actually aware of the fact that Reddit is a pun on I have Reddit, as in I've read it, which is quite clever when you think about it. It's spelled R-E-D-D-I-T, and it's a selection of, essentially, as I said, threads where you can post something, ask a question, post something funny, post something interesting, and get a bit of discussion going. And then I'll leave you, Lazo, to explain sort of the way that the content is moderated. So it is, of course, UGC, user-generated content, like so much of what we discussed. User-generated content. Heard it here first. Yeah, and it's then moderated by the community. In what way? Exactly. So it's basically an upvoting platform. The best content floats to the top. If you like something, you give it an upvote. And naturally, when you enter the world of a subreddit, and a subreddit being one of these pages dedicated to some niche form of content you will automatically see basically the funniest posts in that subreddit of the day. To give you an example, if the subreddit is funny tennis memes, you might at the top see a, f- a great pun involving Rafa Nadal, which now that I suggested would be the pun, I feel like I'm very pressured to come up with a Nadal pun. Let's go for uh, uh, Mallorca, I hardly knew her. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Mallorca, by the way. He is I from Mallorca. He's got born a, a on Mallorca. Yeah. No, it's okay because today, to be honest with you, today <laughs> it was a difficult match, but today Roger very strong player, but uh, I always feel the crowd in Roland Garros is very uh, good to me. So I, so and because I was born in Mallorca, this clay is very useful for me. You can't see it, but Laszlo is actually raising his left eyebrow to the clouds um, in a typical fashion. Yeah, and I'm. <laughs> How do you say? And the funny thing with Nadal is that he entered the game obviously very young, age sixteen, I think, or maybe yeah, probably earlier than that. (laughs) Not young at all. (laughs) He entered the big leagues when he was young, (laughs) and he honestly could not speak a word of English. And there you had Federer, who was of course you know uh, the Queen's English incarnate, despite coming from Switzerland. And then you had young upstart Rafa. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do you think think Andy Murray is listening to this, being like? Like, I'm going to tell Rafa all about this. <laughs> the thing that you've got to understand about Andy is that he's not someone who's going to come over the top about a particularly controversial issue, but I suppose he did get quite angry about Scottish independence, although about as Andy 
about as Andy Murray as angry can get, <clears throat> not about as angry as Andy Murray's going to get about anything, which was mildly pissed off, but just a little bit disinterested. But like, n- like no more pissed off than like if you don't have your favorite type of cereal in the supermarket. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! Like, where are the cocoa pops? Like, has anyone seen them? Andy Murray would not be a cocoa pop man. Well, actually, he's probably more of a special K man, to be honest. I think he's more of a Shreddies man. Keep hunger locked up till lunchtime. Like my personality. <laughs> Thing is, he's actually got a great personality, Andy Murray. I he think, does. I think he's um, extremely underrated. Un- underrated, exactly. Uh, he's 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 laughing at us. He's he's very ironic and deeply sardonic and yes. incredibly amusing. And I'd love to meet him. So, Andy, if you ever tune in, just get in touch. <laughs> Now back to where we started from, which was the the topic of subreddits. I just I, I think I'll kick off because I found a particularly interesting subreddit, i.e. a page on Reddit which has its own little micro community. This one's called Today I Learned. Essentially, Reddit users have found some cool fact that day. They post a link to the original article which has that fact in it, just you know for good practice, good academic mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. like a citation. Uh, exactly, I bid. Is that Ibid? Yeah, Ibid. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever used them myself. <laughs> We're not on eBay, mate. <laughs> Fucking Ibid. You know, Ibid. Full stop. Yeah. Today I learned that at a water plant in Poland, there are eight clams with sensors attached to their shells. If the clams close because they don't like the taste of the water, the city's supply <laughs> is automatically shut off. Okay, now, no. So, exactly. So I also, <laughs> I react to that with no because I'm not sure why a whole city supply of water is determined on the taste of a clam. The great convening of the eight clams who, at the end of each day, kind of gather round with a spittoon to their left and go, I'm not too sure about the water today. What do you think, Piotr? Uh, no, too no, Russian. Too, too Russian. Russian. You had to go for Wojtek or um, a similarly Polish name. <laughs> I'm not too sure. What do you think, Wojciech? Do you think the water is uh, good enough for the citizens of this great city to drink? I think we go for round three because that was way too Icelandic. <laughs> you bloody for, for, do for it, all mate. of our listeners, for all our listeners, Ed is basically he can smash an Icelandic accent for no apparent reason. It's just his bread and butter of the vague Nordic Scandinavian region. But I'd say. Okay, his Polish is not too much like Russian, so it's like this. So today I learned that the clam. A clam is good. <laughs> a clam will dictate if water is clean or not. And I take the clam very seriously. Do you think that these clams have sort of really risen to the top? That's probably your dream job, actually, if you're a clam. Like, you're not just sifting. Because clams basically silt, sift through water, don't they? they? They feed off plankton and stuff. Yes. Not to be confused with pearls, where... It, it is, does, a, does a pearl come from a clam? Where a bit of grain of sand gets... St- no, a pearl comes from... Mother of Pearl, surprisingly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. It does. But the the Polish clams. Okay, so they dictate basically whether or not a wa- the water is good enough to drink. You'd have thought that nowadays they could maybe do that in a more scientific way. Yes. The old pH. So that's just to provide a little bit of context on this page, and I want to take you through some of my personal favourite threads. One of which tells the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, who who mm. apparently. So, today I learned the Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer story idea was initially rejected, as in the 1930s, Red Noses were associated with alcoholism and drunkards. Mm. The author asked... I mean, still are, really. 
But if your mad uncle Gerald has a very red, bulbous nose, everyone's going to know that he, he likes the sauce. To me, it's the cheeks that, that are more yeah. a, a sign of life lifelong alcoholism. Why is that? Because the capillaries just get knackered. I think they get smashed. They get really smashed. Like the guy. Yeah, okay. So, so Rudolph, Paul Rudolph's first script idea was rejected because of this drunkard's association. Mm-hmm. And the author asked an illustrator friend to draw cute reindeer... And then these drawings convinced management to support the idea. So just interesting how, you know, they, they chose this cute picture rather than this drunkard reindeer. <laughs> and, and I just thought, you know, the, the funny... The, the, the first comment on this is by Mr. McPoo Grundle. One common trend, by the way, in Reddit is that you come across some of the most spectacular usernames. It's quite incredible. So Mr. McPoo Grundle said... <laughs> Yes, of course. The original title, Rudolph the Lovable Functional Alcoholic Saves Christmas, <laughs> may have been a misstep as well. Oh, and... so good. Rudolph's just there at the front. He's, no wonder he's bullied by all the other reindeers. He doesn't pull his weight. It's absolutely useless. Very, very Rudolph, good. Rudolph, you're stuck there, Dasher and Prancer and Dancer and Blitzen, and there's Rudolph. It's Vixen. Vixen? Glitzen? Not no. Glitzen. No. Glitzen is the, the, uh, yeah. the bejeweled Rudolph uh, reindeer influencer. Of okay. the modern day. Yeah. And then the second most upvoted comment on this is, Rudolph just yacked in your driveway, but it's okay because he's going through some shit right now. <laughs> Literally, because Prancer had a curry for lunch. Oh, gosh. Actually, no, because Rudolph's at the front of the herd, isn't he? he Rudolph is. guides it. He's, he is. is he... Talk me through the... Um, the Positioning. Yeah. So is it a, it's a... It's a 13... No. How many of them are there of these reindeer? I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea. I'm going to Google this and tell you how many reindeer Santa has. Santa has got a total of nine it's reindeer. Santa, by the way. It's Father Christmas. Come on. I'm conscious about our international audience, Edward. And all Father three, Christmas. All three of them. Oh, exactly. I'm conscious that uh, Felicity in Michigan. Thanks for joining again, Felicity. Always a pleasure. What? That's a bit creepy. <laughs> a bit creepy. Sorry, Felicity. Uh, this is Colin Frizzle here. <laughs> sort of annoying because this ad blocker has just been... This ad blocker sign has just come up blocking the article. But I can tell you that <laughs> Santa has a total of nine reindeer. Their names are Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donna, Blitzen. You said Blitzen. And of course, Rudolph. Well, well, well. But Rudolph... Yeah, so crucially, Rudolph is at the front um, because his red nose is used as a, as a beacon of sorts. Yes, He's the lighthouse of Santa's operation. Father Christmas's operation. Sorry, Felicity. Uh, I've been coerced by Edward. Yeah, well, he's both the lighthouse and the halogen lamp on the 4x4. You know, he's the headlights. Love he's it. the headlights and the lighthouse. Absolutely. Warning other planes. Won't yep. you guide my sleigh tonight? Then Rudolph all the reindeer loved him. Yippee! Uh, very so that's Rudolph. This one is a very short one, but it comes with a funny backstory that I researched myself. Today I learned Sting earns $2,000 a day on every breath you take because Puff Daddy never asked permission to use it in I'll Be Missing You. What? Okay, so hang on. So a couple of things I'm not quite so sure about. So <clears throat> Sting, every breath you take. Every breath you take. Bit too slow. 
horribly out of tune. I've always been told I'm very flat. How can you always be flat? Surely, in relation to yourself, you could be you could be perfect, but. Well, no, in relation to the song, how it should sound. Oh, I see. Okay, but I'm not entirely sure. So, firstly, um, I would have thought that Every Breath You Take was more popular than Puff Daddy's thing. Secondly, what is the Puff Daddy song, and why is it so popular that he has to pay two grand a day to use it? The Puff Daddy song, I think, is a very simple remake of that very famous bass line, where the lyric is like, I'll be missing you. Do you know okay. that one? Yeah, also tune. I'll be tuned, missing yeah. you, and I. So instead of I'll be watching this, I'll be missing you. Because by the way, people have often said that the the lyric, I'll be watching you, is pretty creepy. Yeah, it is. Especially creepy. the whole song is every breath you take, every move you make, every vow you take, Ooh. every single day I'll be watching you. It's yeah, but are they together, or is he just out in the garden with some binoculars? Well, I think there, there's rumors about who it's written about. Fine. But I don't know who it's written about. Hopefully not his wife, because that's just a bit creepy. We hope so. Okay, but Puff, so Puff Daddy has a a song which includes a riff, which is from that. And yes. therefore he pays two grand a day. But imagine, oh god, that'd be so nice if you could just sit back, relax, know that Puff D is going to just ping you a 2k check. Oh, yep. that's the life. So apparently, apparently Sting earns $730,000 a year from this song, which clocks out at $2,000 a day. And it's all because Puff Daddy never asked permission from Sting for the sample, which, if he had asked for, for, for permission, would probably have allowed him to pay out just 25% of the publishing royalties to Sting, which would have been a much more modest $400 a day. Do the math. Mm-hmm. No, $250, $500 a day. Fuji, our Reddit user who's got around nine eyes at the end of his name, was upvoted for the top comment on this, which is just very, very simply, that had to sting. Yeah. Very nice. Like tidy. It. Tidy, Fuji. Tidy. At this point, let's take a jump over to what I looked into. And I actually found a set of posts entitled TIFU. Now, can you guess what TIFU or TIFU stands for? I'm, I'm going to... Guess that FU is fucked up, and therefore it should be something like today I fucked up, because that's... You know your way around this stuff. I know my way around a, an STFU. Oh, STFU. That, that yes. gave me the... yeah. Okay, fine. So fine, so TIFU um, is today I effed up, and it's a collection of screw-ups from people around the world who have decided to share it with a wider community and i think there's a sort of catharsis there you know you you write it down you get it out there you get it out in the open nobody knows that it was you and people then start talking about it i think there's an interesting psychological angle kind of like share in my tragedy exactly it's like revel in my comic tragedy exactly tragic comedy tragic comedy an example of such tragic comedy, a post that has 22,000 upvotes, not to hype it too much, but I will uh, I will begin the story. And it's, it's a bit of a story, so, so settle in. Let me tell you that I have made a bad mistake this evening. I'm hooked. My girlfriend, who let me tell you, all right, you know, 
who let me tell you is only my second girlfriend of all time. <laughs> of all time, <laughs> since the since the Big Bang, since the dawn of time, <laughs> I have had but two girlfriends. <laughs> Only one will remain and will survive. Uh, sounds like the Hunger Games. Anyway, said, I'm invited to dinner. That is the Hunger Games. With her and her parents. I was very aghast, nervous, and bashful to be invited to such a situation. Um, Hang on a second. <laughs> it feels a bit of an overreaction already that when his girlfriend's parents invite him to dinner, he's aghast. Do you want to come around for dinner? Mm, I'm feeling a bit bashful, if I'm honest. Um, but I knew... It must be done. Again, quite odd syntax. I met them nicely, I should tell you, and it started off in a good way. The idea slapped my mind that I should do something comic to make a good impression and become known to them as a person who is amusing. When I saw that baked potatoes had been served, I got the idea that it would have been very good if I pretended that I did not know what potatoes were. That would be funny. <laughs> well, then. I love I love where this guy is coming from. This is this is my thought process whenever I go to any any dinner. To be honest, what root vegetable am I going to pretend I don't know exists at this dinner? Well, let me tell you, it's becoming a bit of a refrain. It backfired on my face. I'll tell you how. So first, when the potato became on my plate, I acted very interesting. I showed an expression on my face so as to seem that I was confused, astounded but in a restrained way, curious and interested. They did notice, and they seemed confused, but did not remark. So I asked, This looks very interesting. What is this? They stared at me, and the mother said, It's a baked potato. And I said, Hmm, interesting. A baked... Oh, (laughs) what is it again? And she said... A baked potato. And I was like, oh, a potato. Mm. Oh, interesting. I've never heard of a potato. Looks pretty good, though. Well, let me tell you, I'm totally, totally gripped. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, you imagine this guy sitting there, and it's his second girlfriend ever. So of all ste- time. Well, the stakes are high. <clears throat> we don't know what they're eating with the potato, but the stakes are high. And um, I, I don't think people deserve to hear that no, shocking that joke. Was terrible, wasn't it? It's probably it's, it could be a potato salad. Yeah, um, but but it, but it's amazing. So he's, it's it's high, It is high stakes. He's taking a risk, and we'll see how it goes. And they didn't realise I was clowning, but they thought I really did not know what a potato is. <laughs> so I knew I was going to be very ashamed, humiliated, depressed, and disgusted if I admitted to making a bad joke. So what I did was I acted as if it was not a joke and I committed to the act of pretending I don't know what a potato is. They asked me, very incredulously, did I really not know what a potato is? Had I really never heard of one? And I said, yeah, I've never heard of one. Not only have I never eaten a potato, I've never even heard the word potato. This went on for a bit and my girlfriend was acting pretty confused and embarrassed by my fucked up antics. And then the more insistent I was about not knowing, the more the parents started thinking that I actually did know what a potato was. Well, let me tell you that I had to commit 100% at this point. By the way, quickly, I think we all know what he's talking about. Because at a certain point with a joke, which may, may or may not be going very well at all, you just know that if you back out, 
you'll just it'll be even worse. You know, nobody likes a half half-assed joke which is only half committed to. You gotta go. You gotta go whole hog for sure. Whole spud. Whole spud. Have you ever gone whole spud? I had this thing at university where I'd go around pretending I was a tourist and speaking to a lot of the locals in a very heavy French accent, asking for directions. <laughs> and I think I went quite, quite 100% on that. Well, let me tell you. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> there were some funny reactions. But the, the great thing is that people, y- you are panicking because you think, obviously, it's, it's, it's so obvious that I'm English. It's so obvious people know I'm putting on this accent. But of course they don't, because if you go up to a stranger and speak in a thick French accent, they have no clue. No matter how bad the accent is, they're going to accept you for who you are in that moment. So, when I went to people and I asked them, excuse me, could you please tell me where the bookshop is? I am a bit lost. Then um, uh, their reactions are very, very genuine, and it was not gonna lie, it was a strange habit of mine, and I did stop. So, sorry, you would walk around pretending to be a French tourist, a lost French, oscillated between French and Spanish, two accents I feel quite confident in. But the idea of you stumbling around Oxford, dressed probably as British as it gets. With a sort of overcoat, yeah. Excuse me, don't... Bit of facial hair, floppy hair, you no. know, looking charmingly befuddled. Oh, hello, I'm a Luthlow. I don't Excuse suppose uh, anyone who couldn't show me the direction of the library. And then some <laughs> tourist comes up and goes, and I have a foreign-sounding name, and therefore I do not know whence I have come. Actually, you wouldn't say whence. Where I have for come. So I've got a couple of issues with your little performance just there. Number one is that Unfortunately, even in my native language, I probably couldn't have found directions to the library in my whole time, unfortunately. Number two... Oi, oi. Oi, oi. <laughs> Did I work? Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and the second point is that I, I do not look typically English, thank you very much. I don't have an overcoat. I wore a very hand-me-down parka. Okay, come on. My time. Come, I'm, looking, I'm just looking at the microphone as if it's an audience being like, come on, guys, like... Hand me down. It was handed down by... Um... Uh, hand me down from my great, great grandfather. <laughs> no, look, resent it. I, I dress very, very um, normcore. Yes, that's so do what I, I say. You're quite normcore. Yeah, I'm pretty normcore. Well, you're kind of below average core. We'll jump back to our potato. I committed at this point, And I said, Sir, before today, I had never heard of a potato. <laughs> I still do not know what a potato is. Sorry, where's he from at this point? Uh, we've switched to American. That's not... What American is that? What part of America is that? That was generic East slash West Coast. Sounded like... Okay, fine. We'll very go, we'll, early on in America when we'll basically some, everyone was Irish. We'll go to more of a so, 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 so southern draw. As if you kind of got some molasses in your mouth. Sir, before today I'd never heard of a potato. Actually, this could be a southern gentleman because he's only had two girlfriends in his life. But he and writes like someone who doesn't quite manipulate English like a native speaker and had to use a lot of the thesaurus function on his phone to translate this. Well, then he can't be a southern gentleman. No, of course not. But I'm going to continue as such because I'm rather enjoying doing the accent. And he said, I still don't know what a potato is other than some kind of food. And I don't know what to tell you, sir. Well, let me tell you, he got very annoyed. 
I mean, he's told us a lot. I decided to take a bite of the potato, and when I did, I made a high-pitched noise, and I said, Hmm, tastes very strange, sir. <laughs> and that's when the father started yelling at me, and the mother kept saying, What are you doing, boy? And my girlfriend went out of the room. Finally, the father said, Get the fuck out of this house. And I said, ah, That's irrational to treat me like that, just because I ain't never heard of a potato before. Well, let me tell you, he did not take that kindly. Now in text messages, I've been telling my girlfriend I really don't know what a potato is. The only way I can ever get out of this is to, to get them to buy it that I don't know what one is. I wish I never had started it, but I can never get back. I think she's going to break up with me anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> that escalated so quickly. That escalated... To the point where the father just decides that because this bloke who's dating his daughter doesn't know what a potato is, he has to get the hell out of his house. I mean, that strikes me as a bit harsh from the father. Yeah, exactly. A bit harsh. But then I love the sobering realisation at the end that this relationship was always destined to fail. probably on the rocks. Probably on the rocks. Probably on the rocks. On that note, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed our episode about Reddit. Please do smash that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends if you enjoyed it. Join us next week when we enter the world of group chats, blue tick anxiety, and explaining to mum that lol now means laugh out loud. Next up, it's WhatsApp. Earth out.